You're listening to the North Peace Roundtable Podcast, your weekly podcast about theology and the Christian life. Keep it together, guys. Trying. Uh, well, yes, thanks for tuning in, everybody. This is uh, episode 69 Already, uh, of wow. the North Peace Roundtable Podcast. My name's Andrew. With me, as always, is Cameron. Good morning, everyone. And Corland. Hi. Uh, I had... It had me thinking the other day, because your name's kind of weird. I've never met another Corland. It is kind of weird. Do people, have people pronounced it in weird ways? Oh, boy. Corland. Yes, yes. Coraland. <laughs> Cor- I don't know brother. where they get the A, because there's that's no, where, like, substitute teachers. Yeah, yeah, substitute teachers will, like, pull up the list, or would pull up the list of kids, and they'd come to my name, which is spelled K-O-R-L-Y-N-D. To me, it makes pretty good sense that it would be Corland. Yep. Pretty easy. But it's like Coraland, Corbind, Coralind, <laughs> like, oh, pretty much system. like by the end of like grade 10, grade 11, grade 12, I kind of just knew where my name would fall yeah. in the list. Um, it's Coraline. So then as soon as somebody would be like, uh, I was like, it's me. It's pronounced <laughs> oh, this way because they it never. a lot about who he is. It does. <laughs> I don't think, I actually don't think I've ever met a teacher that pronounced it right on the first try. <laughs> That's funny. But anyways, uh, this is not a therapy session. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're uh, new to the podcast, usually we have a a question come in or a a topic. And so this week, uh, we don't have either of those things. So if you've listened before to the kind of special episodes called Off the Record, where Corlin and I just bring topics or ideas ourselves, we're going to try that this morning. So each of us... Hopefully have an idea or a question or a topic or something that you've been thinking about. And then we will talk about it. And then I think, Corland, you had suggested next week talking about like end times views. Eschatology. Eschatology. So we'll probably do that. Or if you have any questions about eschatology, feel free to send them in and we can... Yeah, no one thinks about that kind of stuff. That's true. (laughs) Russia! Russia! (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> remember so, remember when COVID was a thing? Yeah, yeah, remember when that was like the mark of the beast or whatever? Anyways, um, <laughs> send complaints to Focus. Corland at nbnbchurch.com. Yeah, so, they, don't, they don't know how to spell it. Anyway. They don't know how to spell <laughs> it. Right. Is it Corland? I can't remember. So, Corland, what do you got? We'll let you go first. Oh, boy. Bring up your, hopefully it's not super controversial. It, well, Let's we'll talk see. About homeschooling versus public, public school. school. <laughs> no, actually, this this was brought up to me a little while ago, um, and I, generally speaking, if someone brings something to my attention about the Christian faith or Christian walk or whatever you want to call it, usually I like to like at least give that person like a initial reaction, like the first thoughts that come to my mind um, around like the structure of their question and whatnot. So I did that. But I also like to go afterwards and make sure I spend time thinking about it so that I'm not just like reacting blindly and and not actually considering what was said. Um, But the thing that was brought up to me was, I'll I'll ask it a little bit different than what the person had brought it up, but the question that it boils down to is, do you think that we as Christians can idolize salvation? So the reasons behind the question or the, the comment is that so often in Christian circles, if anything about the Bible is ever talked about and not like 100% agreed upon like right aways, 
you would be like, well, it's not a salvation issue. So just like push it to the side or like when we as a church are presenting information, it's often very like salvation based, which again, like I understand, but it, it was an interesting question that caused me to like take a step back and be like, oh yeah, like salvation is important. Absolutely. But like, what what do I don't know? In some ways, it was just left me sitting there thinking, like, what what do I do with that question? Like, that's that's such an interesting idea about idolizing salvation because there is lots in the Bible that we can study, um, and yet salvation is a huge part of it, and and the story of the Bible points to salvation. But yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think we can idolize? I would salvation? say nothing matters. Other like. Without salvation, nothing else matters. There'd be no value in studying anything else. Right. That was my initial response. I think where people can get fixated on it is afterwards, always wondering or questioning or keeping it like almost like mm. a fear or like an unknown, which is a big challenge with other world religions where it's constantly earning. But I think if someone is not constantly keeping Jesus in front of them as the the point of salvation, mm-hmm. then you're living in this morally aligned life with no point or value so so would you say that happens like like do you think there's a balance there then of like as christians we should obviously consistently be reminded of who christ is and what he's done for us right so that would be the reminded of our salvation through christ but that afterwards it's okay to continue to grow in other areas too or do well, we just I stay think, focused I on don't, i don't think you have like <clears throat> it's like everything you've built on is the foundation of salvation to use a, like a building metaphor right mm-hmm. like so your your salvation is the foundation of everything you build and everything you work towards so i don't think you can have one or the other or focus on one more like i don't think you focus mm-hmm. on salvation less because you're you're not you're not looking at it, you're in it. Like you're not seeing it somewhere and then choosing to focus at some point. Like you are hmm. you are in salvation, in the in the grace of Jesus. So I don't see it as two different things. That's fair. Yeah, my initial reaction is no, I don't think you can idolize salvation. Because okay, what is an idol? An idol is anything that I worship besides God, but our salvation is from Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I'm not looking to my salvation worshiping it because without god there is no salvation so i don't i i would ask this person like what do you mean by idolize it it sounds like what they're saying is we just talk about it too much but i don't think that's idolizing something Hmm. like idolizing if i'm talking about biblically an idol is something that i worship besides god Hmm. or something that i look to besides god for meaning purpose uh so to say that, like, oh, I think what this person might be saying is, like, we talk about salvation too much. Yeah. Which I don't hmm. think is idolizing something, like, um, uh, it, it maybe could be, like, uh, a part of it. Like, if I talk about money too much, well, is are you worshiping money? Or if I talk about something too much... But like Cam said, like salvation, that's kind of it. That's all we've got. Like, and it's kind, yeah. of the, it's kind of the focus of a Sunday morning church. So if someone looks at Sunday morning church and that's their perspective and they're like, wow, you talk about salvation too much. It's like, well, that's, that's the forum to that's which salvation should be the focus as a Sunday yeah. morning church. And then throughout the week in their studies or their, their interactions or their social networks, 
sure I could see like if if they're getting it from all angles, but you should expect every Sunday morning to hear the gospel, and if you don't, then you've wasted your Sunday morning, like at, in a church Amen. setting. Yeah. Amen. Wow. Preach. But and then like everything else that anything else that you would study in Scripture, it, it like you said it it either comes from our salvation or it's meaningless. That's why you have scholars who study the Bible who aren't Christians. Well, you're wasting your time. Yeah. Because it's like you're not you're not arriving at what the Bi- the po- the point of the Bible is that it leads to Jesus and the story of redemption, which is our salvation. So, if I if I talk and study about sanctification, well, that that's because of our salvation. We're only sanctified because we believe in Jesus. Yeah. And Do you so then in in like I agree when you're when you're preaching or when you're you're speaking from the pulpit, the focus is self. I, I think it should be salvation or the gospel, right? No matter what passage you're preaching on, it should always point towards Jesus and what He's done for us, because we need to remind ourselves of that daily, right? Um, not just once a week, right? So, I guess then my my question that I would follow up with, if this, I'll, I'll try and make it make sense because I'm trying to formulate it in my head as we go. <laughs> Welcome to off the record. Um, <laughs> So in already Christian circles, so like say our church has life groups, right? So they're, they're groups of Christians that would meet together kind of as like a mini church and, and study the word or talk about life, try and walk through life with each other, disciple each other. Um, in a setting like that, if you're having a discussion about something in the Bible, obviously, like we said, things all point forward. But if you're having a disagreement, do you guys think that it's a cop-out to be like, it's not a salvation issue, so let's not talk about it? Or do you think that that's like a legitimate thing? Because I, I don't know exactly where the heart was from from this thought, because I heard it from someone who had heard it from someone. So like, <laughs> it, friends, uncles, right? Like it, it didn't originate sister. at me, so I, sure. I'm just trying to process from outside. But I could see that being... Like, even with COVID, the amount of times, and I'm not saying that it's necessarily a bad thing to be reminded, like, hey, let's focus up on what what Christianity is trying to, to I don't know, this sounds maybe bad, but to maybe offer I can, to people. Maybe I can like, help, like, um, the elders meetings, uh, it's not, you know, a bunch of guys holding hands and singing over the church. Yes, There's actually it some, is. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, be honest. No. Okay. There's actually some really interesting discussions, yeah. and there's disagreements. Yeah. And even in those disagreements, it's like I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's true, and, and like it rests in that. But the reason we stand up and can give a half hug or a handshake is because it's not a salvation issue. So it's not a cop out to say we shouldn't hash this out and even disagree. It's the reason that after that disagreement, we're not impacted as brothers. Yeah. So yeah. I, I guess the context that I'm meaning is like if it was used as a like, well. I guess in my mind, I'm picturing someone not comfortable or doesn't know an answer. So to be like, uh, it's not a salvation issue. We'll leave it for today. Yeah, I guess I've never heard that. Yeah, I've never heard it used as like, a, let's just not talk about it. I've more heard it used as like, oh, okay, you you think that and I think that. Well, it's not a salvation issue. So hmm. we, we don't have to part ways over this or like, I don't have to leave this church because you believe in pre-millennialism and I believe in post-millennialism. Oh, we can't be... I, I've heard it more that way. I've, I don't think I've ever met someone who's like, 
well, it's not a salvation issue, so I don't want to talk about it. But mm-hmm. that, that could be, I guess. That just becomes a conversation issue. Like, they're not comfortable in, yeah. in, yeah. in conflict. So I've more heard it like, oh, like, uh, so, you know, when we taught through Revelation, oh, Andrew doesn't believe in the rapture. Oh, well, it's not a salvation issue, so we can still, like, be in fellowship yeah. together and be brothers and sisters in Christ, and that's fine. And that's why a lot of, yeah, denominations, it's like, oh, you guys think that. Like, oh, okay, but you're still Christians, but we just think a little bit. But you guys sit over there, and we'll sit over here. Yeah, we'll sit over here, and I'm taking my ball, and I'm going home, and you can't play with it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so it's, it's good to, it's a good question, because, yeah, salvation, uh, by grace, through faith in Jesus. I think that is the foundation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think I mentioned this in one of the other podcasts, but a guy once I was listening to, and he basically said, okay, do I think that that person's going to be in heaven with me? Then I should be able to be kind to them, be cordial, mm-hmm. like maybe even work with them. I might not, but that was his baseline. Are you going to be in heaven? Because yeah. through grace, by faith in Jesus. Well, then we're brothers and sisters in Christ. I might not agree with everything, but yeah. the salvation issue is kind of settled because we both believe the same thing. You yeah. might baptize people differently. You might have women in ministry and I don't. You might blah, 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 blah. Careful. Salvation issue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. Hmm. Okay. What about you? What do you got, Cameron? Welcome to your first off the record. No pressure. Oh, I don't have any pressure. My (laughs) mind is off the record all the time. Yeah. Uh, Have you seen? (laughs) He just has his blank stare all the time. (laughs) That's right. It's actually um, interesting. I... I've been in school for the last number of years, and then we... Some some courses are so interesting, and I shared where... um, I guess two thoughts. There's a number of individuals who, through one program, we're going to have to like um, uh, just explain or or or, or uh, introduce other um, classmates to uh, world religion or yeah, yeah. folk religion or cult, uh, and then give core tenets of their faith, uh, show parallels to the gospel because a lot of it's actually pretty dark. Like a lot of you know world religions or histories, they start. Kind of slippery, kind of kind of close, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so that's one train of thought. But just as you were speaking, I'll I'll start by saying um, conviction and, and the way people believe uh, is quite interesting. And even in amongst church groups, so um, what we've seen a lot lately, I would say, is that someone feels a conviction, or they interpret something in the Bible, and they feel called, maybe even by God, to like be a voice or to be to have this platform. And they call others around them, and some follow, and some don't. And those who don't, they somehow turn against, or they somehow feel like, how could you not follow this conviction? It's so clear to me. Hmm. And that actually creates some division now, because those who follow are accepted, and those who don't, not even because they maybe disagree, they just don't feel that same passion or that same calling. Hmm. I, I think that, that that's like the crux of like so much division, and then... In that light, as I'm thinking through that, I'm thinking like, oh, I could see that at a lot of the like origins of world religions, right? Huh. Where it's like someone like we recently studying Taoism, so it's like that's an individual, like even pre-gospels writing, uh, having this idea of a god. So they, this great mystery in the sky, he named Tao, 
can't even like imagine or, or rationalize what this feeling is, this God feeling, and then it kind of stops there. And you know, <clears throat> in a parallel world, that you know, Jesus and, and different teachings are happening, but this group couldn't align with that, hmm. and so then you have this religion form, this belief system form, that was, it's, yeah, two separate, totally separate tangents, but somehow related where. You know, had this group, this guy, I don't remember his name, you know, hear from this missionary, but like, and be able to say, wow, like, that's the conviction, that, that's, the, that's, that's what I felt, you know what I mean? And, and like, here it is laid out for me, but they didn't. And they just, you know, created their own little sect and then carried on through history. Yeah. That's, you know, the origin of what we see a lot of folk cultures having done and then... I see that in a church like in 2022 where it's like, I felt God say this, no one's coming, I'm going, which in some cases could be really cool and inspiring. The couple, Tyler and Jamie, who are like, you know, we're adopted parents and we want to encourage people to be adopted parents. And then others who feel like God told them to go and, you know, have this big thing and then whoever doesn't follow me is not mm. um, godly enough or not feeling conviction. Yeah. The same way I do. So mm. I don't know. All that to say, I think it's just this uh, human condition, this repeat, this this on repeat cycle of like, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do, and hopefully I can, you know, match it to enough scriptures to feel blessed by God, <laughs> or I'm not, and I'm just gonna take this feeling, like you know, some of these early world religions just had this feeling or this experience that, you know, I believe, I actually believe that this person, like this. Taoist monk or whatever probably felt the spirit of God because he's like what is this great mystery what is this mm. what is this thing in the universe that's holding it all together unfortunately he names it and runs with it instead of like exploring more and saying yeah. wow that's the God of the universe speaking to me somehow through you know pre-scripture no Bible no yeah. Jesus hmm. um, well I like yeah. that example in Acts with Paul right when he uh, is it in Ephesus when he goes to Ephesus or Athens or Chapter 17, I think. Yeah. Giving a name to an unknown god. Yeah. yeah. When he yeah. walks around, he sees all these statues to unknown god, unknown gods. To named gods, and then one was a statue to an yeah. unknown god. And then yeah. he uses that as a jumping point, being like, do you want me to tell you who this yeah. unknown god is? Yeah. And it's interesting, because like in, uh, I don't know, in modern evangelism, it would be like, no, we have to like refute. You're worshiping a false god. That is a... But it's just interesting that he just uses it as like a jumping point. Like, oh, you guys are worshiping this unknown God. Do you want me to tell you who he is actually? Mm -hmm. Rather than like tear that statue down because that's idolatry and let me yeah. tell you about actually the one. He like, it's brilliant how he does it, right? I, and then he starts in the beginning in Genesis and creation and blah, blah, blah. And he gets all the way to Jesus. Um, it's just an interesting. You know why he can do that? Because he doesn't disrespect the culture. And we see that so often now with, like you said, evangelism. But it conflicts with what we believe about God. And I've said before, if you believe God is omnipresent and everywhere, then he is revealing himself somehow to that person on the other corner of the world. And their response to him is going to look so different than your response to him. Sure. And their response to them is to, to this God is going to look very organic and their worship is going to look cultural from what they know. Yep. Yeah. And for us to come in there and say, no, here's how you worship. That's a bad, bad, <laughs> terrible sinful i think idea and so sure um 
Yeah, there was, even when we went to Zambia, we saw that a little bit because we went to a few church services and there were parts that as like a white North American made me uncomfortable. But yeah, to go in and be like, yeah, you guys are worshiping Jesus incorrectly. Yeah. I really had to check myself and go, okay, is, is this actually, like, are, is any of this actually sinful? No. It's just culturally, I just, I'm not used to this. This mm. is quite bizarre. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's not, it wasn't crazy stuff, but yeah, like they dance in church, you know, the, how the pastor preaches is different. How they pray for each other afterwards is different. But I just looked at it and I'm like, well, it's not sinful. It's just mm. different. And that's okay. Like, yeah. and it makes me uncomfortable, but it was funny because like um, a- after one of the services, because they, they like really, um, it's not idolized, but they, the honor that they give to pastors is way different than here. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, man of God, that's what they call you because they just, they just honor and respect pastors. So they, when they find out that you're a pastor from North America, like, whoa. So in the service, they're like, pastor, pastor, would you like pray for people? And so the one pastor edwin um who's zambian he's praying for people like way more like passionately and like laying hands on people's heads and that's just what they do and then i'm over there like asking people for for, for prayer and they're like i'm just you know yeah. very like quietly praying <laughs> yeah. and yeah. it wasn't right or wrong it was just that's i'm not used to like Cultural i'm gonna just like yell prayer at you as we do and that's just what they do so anyways. i think a really sorry a really cool example i I think I shared either in our home group or, or here, uh, two missionaries who are both, again, in, in Central Africa, and the tribe uh, is topless, right. the, yeah, the women, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. and they're in their worship service, and the one missionary really struggling with sinfulness and modesty, and had to appreciate that, that in that culture, that is modest and very culturally appropriate, so how does that conflict with the yeah. Bible? Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. I, I like that you guys are pointing out uh, how God meets people where they're at. Something that I've noticed th- as as I read the Bible is that they're, the invitation that people receive from God or from men of God in Scripture is very much just that, an invitation to like, hey, like, come see, come look at this. Like, even even back into Genesis when God confronts Adam and Eve in the garden, it's like, where are you guys, right? Like, what are you, what are you doing, right? And not not in a condemning way. So I think it's really interesting to to think how, like you said, we, I I can't speak for other cultures, but we especially in the West love to go with a fix it mentality. We need to make them like us, and yeah, it's it's really interesting to to recognize that and be able to say no. That's how about we trust that God will make them like him, sure. right? Just as we are trying to trust that God will do that for us. So if they, f- if they end up feeling convicted about something that they've been practicing, then Great. okay. It's, but same with us, right? Like there are certain things that we do that are ridiculous that if we felt convicted that, ah, that's maybe not a godly practice, we too should change what we're doing, right? Yeah. So Like smoke and laser shows on Sunday as we <laughs> do rock right? bands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lasers are sin. Lasers are sin. And I like what you said too, like and it was I know it was kind of two different things, but connected. But like yeah, seeing that over here, uh, or in our day and age where people are very have a conviction about something and it's like you said, it can cause division, uh, because it's like why aren't you as passionate as I am about this thing? 
And then I always just say, it's not a salvation issue, as my cop out. <laughs> but yeah. you're right. It's like, I see that online as people post about things and then people comment and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, you might not be as passionate about whatever issue as I am. And that's, that's okay. Like, yeah, I think, I think it is okay to say like, that's not a hill. I'm it was funny. Like I, I laugh a little bit because, uh, uh, I won't, uh, yeah, I'll just keep this anonymous. <laughs> I was like, they maybe don't listen, but maybe they do. But like, you know, as gas prices go up, someone was like, you know, man, it's like, uh, my paycheck doesn't cover stuff anymore. Inflation is really sad and I'm worried about it. And the first comment was like, go to Ukraine and see if they care. I'm like, you don't have to say that. Like, sure. you can be like upset that, man, like things are really costly over. And I get it that it's sure. Do they have it worse over there? Sure. But it just cracked me up. Like right. you're not allowed to be upset about something over here. Cause it's not as bad as over there. I'm like, well, sure. But we can say that about anything, sure. right? Like, so, and, and then we do that with other things we're passionate about. Like people, I've, I've had that even with ministries in the church. It's like, why aren't mm. you more passionate about this kind of ministry? It's like, well, cause I'm just not, you are yeah. great. Run with it. Like, yeah. Yeah. So that's a good hmm. point. <laughs> We could go down a huge rabbit Someone in our uh, <laughs> church post on Facebook yesterday, you know, asking for some uh, um, recommendations for like where to go for like some cosmetic stuff. And the, the t- I think it was like waxing. Where do you get wax? I'm like, at the gas pump. Yeah, <laughs> that's where you get <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways. All right. For me, I had someone on uh, Sunday ask me this. So I guess we did have a topic for... I just forgot about it. Uh, but he said, have you guys ever done a, a a podcast about forgiveness? And as a Christian, uh, what does that even look like? Are we to... Uh, it's not a salvation issue. Forget. <laughs> kind <laughs> like, of is. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But like forgive and forget, you have to forgive them because I think a lot of times we look at passages like, well, how many times? 70 times 7. Yeah. Uh, you got to forgive them. And uh, even if you look at, it's interesting. I don't know if you guys have heard about this whole new, could be somewhat scandal with like John MacArthur yeah. and stuff that went yep. on at his church. 20 years ago, there was a lady, you know, who came to them and said, you know, my husband's abusive and blah, 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 blah. Any long story. And I know if you're listening, I haven't read all of it, so I might be missing facts. <laughs> but the 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 answer from the elders was like, well, he's repentant, so forgive him and go back home. And you know, it's suffering for Christ. Mm. And and then actually, years later, he was convicted and sent to jail. He's for still in jail. Child now. abuse and da, da, da. And so, but it just got me thinking that idea of like, well, forgive him. Like, oh yeah. yeah. So, but so, what is the Christian? How do we how do we do that? Like, is it a forgive and forget? No. Because even, yeah, so I mean, yeah. you look at Ephesians 4, and it's, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And then, yeah, you look at Matthew 18 and Jesus, how many times do I forgive? Well, 70 times 7, and then he uses the example of the, the parable of the slave who gets forgiven, and so you should, if you don't forgive, and I mean, Jesus ends by saying, if you don't forgive your brother... God in heaven will forgive you. So I think yeah. those are sometimes misquoted. They're terribly misquoted because like even for that example, like there's some logical sequence that has to happen. So you're forgiven. You're probably not going to go ask that person for money again to borrow. Yeah. So there's a difference between 
and we dealt with this a lot just working uh, um, with prisoners at the halfway house where it was like, I've done something terrible. So they were walking through forgiveness. The families were walking through forgiveness. And so time was required to actually process forgive cause, forgiveness because it, it usually dealt with some form of trauma or some form of like really deep hurt. Yeah. And so forgiveness we defined, at least in that context, is your ability to kind of like consider the situation or remember what happened, but not immediately be drawn to really negative, harsh emotions about that person. Sure. But you probably never want to hang out with that person again, be exposed to that abuse or that trauma. And so, yeah, we wrap forgiveness up like we're forgiving, but we're not going to remove ourselves from the situation or we're yeah. not going to end a relationship that's super unhealthy. Um, there's no there's no biblical evidence that says you should stay with an abuser or you should yeah. stay in a situation um, that's not smart. I, I think yeah. Christians might feel conflict on something like this because when we look at Jesus and how he has forgiven us for our sins, right? Like the, the language that's used is that our slate is washed clean. We're made white as snow. It's as if like Jesus, Christianese culture will talk about like Jesus doesn't even see our sin. He just sees you. And so then I think when we think of forgiving people for things that they've done it's like man that's a tough model to follow but if you look throughout the narrative of the bible people who sin have natural consequences that happen to them yeah totally they also have god-given consequences that happen to them right so i think in our it's maybe not an ideal model and i think maybe it should just point to that we live in a really broken world but when someone, if someone sins against you in a way that causes such trauma that being around them is something that causes, like, I don't know, it just, it's so complicated because if you are around them and you end up hating them, well, Jesus talks pretty strongly against that too, right? So, like, where do you draw those lines of, like, well, you have to forgive them. But if you have forgiven them, but you still, because of the way our brains work, are traumatized to the extent where, like I said, you hate them, that's sin too. So, like, where where do you go with that? I think it is perfectly natural in this world. And like you said, there's no biblical example of, of hey, I've been traumatized, stay with them. Yeah. Um, the only one that kind of comes to mind is Bathsheba, because I imagine she wasn't 100% for that situation. Um but yet God has chosen to work through those yeah. things, right? So it's it's such a complex thing to me. I think forgiveness does not necessarily incite no consequence while we're on this earth. Sure. But, I think you can yeah. still forgive someone and still love them, but not have them at your table the next day. Yeah, I think like there's just wisdom in a lot of these situations where <clears throat> like you know, this is a hypothetical, so this is not a real situation. But, like, if I had a a family member that, you know, was convicted of abusing kids or whatever, and they, like, you know, heartfelt, apologized, I'm, st I'm probably still not going to let this person watch my kids, at least not for a while, right? It's, yeah. And that's not me being like, oh, you're harboring unforgiveness. No, that's just me using wisdom as a parent. Like, yeah. And, and so there's <clears throat> there's a balance of... Yeah, I think we use forgiveness as like a, like the whole forgive and forget is not biblical because it, it's impossible. It's like someone abused I, you, well, I'll just forget about I it. I think well, it would be an ideal. Like in a, it, 
it's an interesting thing though because if there was no sin we wouldn't have to forgive and forget right um but i think ideally if we were to forgive as christ has forgiven we wouldn't remember those things yeah but i also like i don't know with working at the shelter i ran into this some with with just clients and the interactions that you have there's some stuff that goes on where it's like in that moment it's like oh boy but i tell you what the next time that they came to that door it wasn't like like any spite or anything it was just like well here like here we go again not in the sense of like something is going to happen but here we go again as in like all right i can still love them as christ has loved them so i i don't think that I don't think it's a healthy model for Christians to necessarily run from people that have hurt us in the sense of like avoiding them at all costs. Mm -hmm. But I also don't think that Christians need to unnecessarily put themselves in scenarios that would re hurt them. Right. Does does that make sense? We're not defining uh, forgiveness properly in that sense, because if you think about it, if someone repeatedly hurts you or they're cheating you or they, you know, you have a contract and they don't pay. Um, forgiveness is, I guess, that understanding of like, okay, let's stop for a minute. They're probably not doing this to, you know, hurt me. They're probably, they have poor qualities. Their their personal characteristics are less than. They probably didn't, you know, their ethics and their morals are, are you know, way off. I really shouldn't do business with that person, but not harboring you know, like they were trying to get me. I, I think of someone in the church who said, you know, I haven't been paid for a contract. Hopefully, hopefully that money comes. But I mean, in that context, he wasn't like, man, that person, like just yeah, yeah, harboring yeah. harsh yeah. feelings towards them as a human being. Probably thought, and this person is, you know, pretty upstanding, probably thought, man, that guy's a, that's a really poor way to do business. I'm not going to do business with that guy again. Yeah. Um, but that would be the forgiveness model, but he'll probably never <laughs> go and provide work yeah. to that person again. And that doesn't mean that, oh, you're being unforgiving. No, I'm just being wise. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right? <clears throat> and so um, in my world, in, in HR, we've had conversations and some people have had some consequences. And I've told two of them, like, when I see you next week, this is not the lens to which I look through to see you. <laughs> like, yeah. this happened. Yeah. And yep. it's going to be documented. And there could be a consequence, but you know we're in a small town. When I'm at the PSC with my kids skating, and they're with their kids skating, it's cool. Like it's not a, you know, it's not a, a lens to which we view a person. Shouldn't be a lens to yeah. which we view a person. But you know, forgiveness uh, is the, our ability to put that issue on the side and then make good choices and and not, yeah, just label and and whitewash that person as this forever. Yeah. But, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Well said. We solved all of the problems. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, hopefully that was <laughs> at least interesting <laughs> and helpful. And uh, maybe all you... All mixed mess and it, backwards and yeah, twist it up. Totally. But maybe you were having some of those same kind of questions or thoughts. Uh, and yeah, hopefully that was good. And next week we'll talk about end times and we'll solve how the world's going to end and Ooh. in what order and in what sequence. So you heard it here first. We're going to predict everything next week. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not a salvation issue. <laughs> so uh, I don't want to get stoned. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for tuning in and uh, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>